Did you know you might have to pay more than the base monthly premiums for Medicare if your income is over a certain level? Yep, and that's thanks to a lady named Irma. I'm about to explain in this, the fifth episode of the Retirement Planning Education Podcast. Welcome to the Retirement Planning Education Podcast, where you can learn all about IRAs and Roth IRAs, employer retirement plans, taxes, Social Security, Medicare, Portfolio Withdrawal Strategies, Annuities, Estate Planning, and much more. And now here's your host, Andy Panko. Welcome everyone. As I mentioned in the teaser, I'm about to tell you about a lady named Irma. Just kidding. But I am going to talk about Irma. What this is, is a income-based surcharge you may have to pay on top of your base Medicare premiums if you're of Medicare age and enrolled in Medicare, obviously. Before we get into that, though, let's. I just want to start briefly about what Medicare is, what it isn't, because I find a, a lot of people don't know much about it until they have to start it, or e- even then they may be surprised about some of the some of the things Medicare uh, costs or, or some of the things it covers doesn't cover some of the th- some of the costs involved. So, super quickly, Medicare is a, a social medicine program overseen by the government that we all pay into. Anyone who works pays into uh, Medicare through through payroll taxes throughout your working years. And then when you're 65 is when you can enroll in, in Medicare. Uh, so for most people, it's at 65 when you start. There's a few different parts. I'm, I'm going to do a whole separate uh, podcast on this, so I don't want to get too in-depth, but they're separate parts. Part A is essentially hospital coverage. Part B is typical sort of primary care visit and outpatient coverage. There's something also called Part D, which uh, if you choose to get it, it's not required, but if you choose, that is uh, prescription drug coverage. And there's Part C, which is uh, optional, extra, different type of coverage, but I'll, I'll save that for another another day. Um, just real briefly, base Medicare, there, there's lots of things that it doesn't cover, actually, that uh, some people are surprised by. It does not cover vision, does not cover dental, does not cover hearing aids, does not cover podiatry. I don't believe it covers chiropractic work and uh, doesn't cover long-term care other than some a little bit of coverage for long-term care, perhaps, through through Part A. So anyway, when you when you turn 65, you, you enroll in Medicare, unless you're at a job that has uh, qualifying coverage still. The, you know, they're giving you their insurance. Otherwise, you, you need to enroll. If you don't, there's ultimately going to be delayed penalties when you do eventually sign up. So when you sign up for Medicare, uh, everyone gets Parts A. Again, that's the, the hospital coverage, essentially, and Parts B, which is the, uh, the primary care, outpatient visits, things like that. Now, for, for the vast majority of people, there's no explicit monthly premium for Part A. I'm not going to say it's free because you paid it in during your lifetime and other folks who are working are paying into it. But there's, there's generally, for most folks, no out-of-pocket monthly premium for Part A once you're on it. And Part B, there is. Uh, as of 2022, the base Part B premium is $170.10 per month. If you choose to get a Part D plan, again, the, the prescription drug coverage, that ranges. There is no single plan. You have to shop around. I don't know how many plans are out there. Part of it may depend on where you live and, and so forth. But from what I'm told, the average monthly premium is about $30 uh, you know, in, in base monthly premium for, for the average Part D plan. So, so far, so good. Now, on top of these, these Part B base premium of $170.10 in 2022 and whatever your base Part D premium is, there may be surcharges. You may have to pay extra amounts known as income-related monthly adjustment amounts, IRMAA, otherwise known as IRMA. 
So that's the arm of which I speak. It's not, it's not actually some uh, underhanded nefarious woman trying to make you pay more for Medicare. It's simply an acronym for this means-tested, uh, you know, income-based additional premiums you may have to pay. So l- let's get into this. Now, it's based off of your income. Specifically, it's off a measure of income called Modified Adjusted Gross Income, or MAGI, which I pronounce as MAGI. Some people say MAGI uh, to each their own, I suppose, but I- I'm going to call it MAGI. Fairly straightforward, Maggie, for purposes of these IRMA surcharges, and there's about, I don't know, there's a, there's a dozen at least that I'm aware of, if not a couple dozen, different definitions of Maggie throughout the tax code, and, and they apply to different things. This Maggie I'm mentioning right now is only in reference to uh, these, these Medicare premium surcharges. So Maggie, for purposes of IRMA, is simply your adjusted gross income right off your tax return, plus any tax-exempt interest right off your tax return. So for if you're looking at your 2021 tax return, for example, your adjusted gross income is line 11. Add to that the tax-exempt interest shown in line 2A, if you have any. The combination of those two is your modified adjusted gross income for purposes of IRMA. Um, and just so you know, the tax-exempt interest is typically like if you own municipal bonds, for example, in a regular brokerage account, the interest paid on those is, is usually not taxable at the federal level, so that will be tax-exempt interest. While it's not subject to income tax, you do have to include it with the rest of your income for purposes of this, this IRMA surcharge. So that's Maggie. The, the other big thing to know is IRMA surcharges, if any, if you're subject to them, look at your Maggie from two years prior. Mind blown, right? So, so, so let me walk through this. Two years prior, and, and here's why. So for example, now, as of the time of this recording, it is uh, January 2022. If you're on Medicare in 2022, you will have been notified of your 2022 premiums at the end of 2021. I think it was some point in November when they formally announced it, uh, or maybe you get your letter in the mail in December, I don't know. But, but the point is, late 2021 is when you find out what your, what your 2022 premiums are going to be, inclusive of any IRMA if you have it. Now, the, as of late 2021, when they send people there, their 2022, by they, I mean the CMS, the uh, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the government agency that oversees Medicare, when they send people their 2022 premium notices in late 2021, they go off the most recent tax return available. So as of late 2021, the most recent return available would be whatever, you know, the, uh, the, the return you filed in early 2021, which will be reflective of the 2020 tax year. You follow me? So now the 2022 IRMA you pay, if any, that's why it's based on your 2020 Maggie off your 2020 tax return. So, so that that that's why there's this this two year uh, difference. Now you may realize that um, your even though you start Medicare at 65, if they're looking back at your income from two years prior, that means your income starting in the year is 63 begins to matter for purposes of Medicare. That's true. So pay attention. And I'll, I'll talk about this more in a bit. But um, when you turn 63, your income will matter or start to matter for purposes of the Medicare premiums you may ultimately have to pay when you're 65 or older. These, these IRMA surcharges do get reassessed or, or do automatically um, change every year because because as the next year passes, so fast forward till to the late 2022, when you get the notice of your 2023, IRMA surcharges, if any, then they will be looking at your 2021 tax return. 
So every year, your, your IRMA automatically gets reassessed based on the most recent tax return at the time. So even if you're subject to IRMA one year, it's not like you're necessarily going to be hit with it every year for the rest of your life and vice versa. Maybe you're not now subject to IRMA, but you may be in the future because every year as your income changes based on that year's tax return, uh, the, this IRMA process, <clears throat> excuse me, IRMA process gets recalculated. Uh, in addition to simply each year's income changing based on tax return, there is actually a way to get your IRMA reassessed, i.e. you know, reduced or eliminated. If your income has since changed from when they're, from the tax return you're looking at until now, if your income has since changed due to one of eight uh, qualifying life-changing events, which I'll touch on in a bit. So now let's talk about the actual, you know, put some dollars to this. How, how much does IRMA cost? So a few things to note first. If you're married and you file a joint return, um, you, your combined income as a married unit, as a married couple, will subject whichever one of you, if not both, are on Medicare. So for example, if one of you is 66 and one of you is 60, only one of you is going to be on Medicare. So your combined income is what will dictate what your IRMA is, if any, and that IRMA will apply to just that one person who, who's currently on Medicare. If both of you are on Medicare, then your combined income, if it puts you in IRMA range, then both of you will have to pay this monthly uh, IRMA surcharge. So, And if you're single, simply and your income's over the respective threshold, then you know, you'll have to pay IRMA on, on your monthly Medicare premiums. And see the show notes. I have a link to the actual dollar amounts. I'm about to run through these quickly, but I know it's not ideal to be spitting a bunch of numbers and figures in, in audio form. So see the show notes for uh, the, the full table of all these things. There are five income band, progressive income bands. If, you're, if your Maggie is below the first band, there's no IRMA. You just simply pay the base premiums, which again for 2022 is $170.10 for Part B. And Part D, if you have one, is on average about 30 bucks a month in premium from, from what I'm told. So, um, th so if you're below that first band, again, no IRMA. So there are five bands. For 2022 IRMA, again, it looks at your 2020 tax returns, Maggie, modified adjusted gross income. If you are single and you have $91,000 or less of Maggie on your 2020 tax return, you will not have any IRMA surcharges on your 2022 Medicare premiums. Got it? So 91,000 or less for a single person, uh, no, no IRMA surcharges. You'll just pay the base 170 uh, and, and 10 cents for part B and whatever your part D is. If you are married and file a joint return and your 2020 Maggie was $182,000 or less, there will not be any IRMA surcharges on your 2022 Medicare premiums. Now these income brackets, they, they, they do change every year. So last year, for example, these cutoffs were I think $88,000 and 176 respectively for single and married. They, they do get indexed for inflation. So next year, I, I suspect these levels will be even higher, assuming inflation continues, which at this point, you know, looks, looks like it will, unfortunately. So that's the first band. Um, if you're below that, no surcharge, no armor surcharge for you. But again, th this thing re-ups every year. So if your income goes up in subsequent years, then that may put you into armor territory, in which case you may have to pay armor at the time. But at least if you're under this income limits now, there will not be armor. The, uh, the first band where you, you will start to have some IRMA is if you're single and your Maggie is between $91,000, technically $91,001, up to $114,000, you will have an extra $68 per month 
on top of the base $170.10 for Part B. And your Part D, on top of whatever base premium you have, you will have an additional $12.40. Again, these are just for 2022 uh, surcharges I'm talking about based on 2020 modified adjusted gross incomes. Clear as mud, right? Um, and, and that first been married filing joint folks, if you have uh, Maggie between $182,001 and $228,000, then those same additional uh, extra monthly amounts will apply, which is $68 per month for Part B, an extra $68 for Part B, and an extra $12.40 for Part D. There's three more levels until you hit the top level. I won't go through all these. Just check out the table in the show notes. But just so you know, that the, the final level is if you're single and your Maggie is over $500,000, there's an extra $408.20 tacked on top of your Part B and an extra $77.90 tacked on top of your Part D. That's real money, right? Um, you know, you add that on top of the 170 bucks a month for Part B and whatever your Part D is, that's a lot of money. Now, granted, if, if you have $500,000 of income, uh, that's presumably you're doing well and you can afford to pay this, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, it doesn't take the sting out of the fact that you're paying an extra 400, 500 bucks a month for, uh, for Medicare services. And that top level, just so you know, for married filing joint folks, if your combined Maggie is over $750,000, then, uh, you're at those top level of, of, of Irma, which is again, $408.20 extra for per month for part B and $77.90 extra for part D. Now, I don't believe that that top band adjust for inflation. I, I think it's has stayed 500 grand for single, 750 for married for a while. It's just the bands below it uh, get indexed up with inflation every year. So over time, maybe, you know, these, these this higher band may capture more and more folks, but um, yeah, to be determined. And this is all subject to legislative changes. They can always change these IRMA bands and the, the income figures and stuff uh, if, if politicians choose. So those are the uh, the bands. And, and as I mentioned, there's three in between the first band, that top band I mentioned. There's three more intermediate bands with with varying, you know, increasing levels of Irma surcharges along the way. So check out the table in the show notes to, uh, to get more info. So let's now talk about the reassessment process. So I mentioned there is a way you could potentially get your Irma uh, reduced or eliminated completely through a form called SSA-44. See the show notes for uh, for a link to this form. It's a, it's a PDF you can download. You have to fill it out manually. There is no electronic way to do this. If you are trying to get your armory assessed, you have to print it, fill it out, sign it, mail it in, snail mail it in. But this is the, the form you would use if you qualify for one of these eight life-changing events. So one, the most common one is retirement. So the example would be, let's assume in 2020, you, you worked a full year, it was your last year of work and you made good money, you made half a million bucks, let's say. Um, so now, and now you're, you're 65, you turned 65 in between. So now you're on Medicare. So 2022, Medicare surcharges are gonna be off the charts. You know, It's gonna look at your 2020 income and say you had half a million bucks of wages plus whatever other income you had for the year. So chances are you are in the, the top most band of IRMA premiums, uh, IRMA surcharges, if not close to it. But that 2020 income figure obviously isn't accurate. You know, if you stopped working cold turkey, you have no other wages coming in, all else equal, your income now should be half a million dollars smaller than it was in 2020. So it's not really fair that you pay these lofty surcharges 
that were based on the assumption that you're still earning half a million dollars a year in income. And, and the government realizes that. So they, they are kind, relatively fair at, at times. This is one of those times. So there's eight um, qualifying life-changing events that would allow you to potentially get a reduction, one of which is retirement, like, like I just said. And you'll see this on this SSA 44 form. Um, work stoppage is, is one of the eight. That, that, in other words, is retirement. There's also work reduction if you transition into retirement. So you go from working 40 hours a week to now only working five or 10 and as a result, your, your wages, your income drops substantially. Well, that's a qualifying life-changing event as well. So you can say, hey, look, in 2020, I made half a million bucks, but now I'm only making you know 50 or 80 or 100 or whatever it is. And you can use this SSA 44 form to basically revise, say, hey, I know my 2020 income showed X, but it's actually much less than X. Here's my estimate of what it's going to be. And that's what they'll use, they meaning CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, We'll use that to uh, to reassess and hopefully reduce reduce your uh, your Irma. May, maybe get it down to zero if you qualify. So work stoppage, work reduction. Those those are two. The other ones fairly self explanatory. Marriage is one. Divorce or annulment is another. Death of a spouse is another. Uh, loss of income producing property. Now this isn't simply you have a rental condo that you decide to sell. And when you sell it, you have a big fat gain you have to pay tax on, and that big fat gain is spiking you into Irma territory. No, this doesn't qualify you for that. This is if it was like natural disaster took away your rental property. So two years ago, you had this uh, commercial building that was thrown off, you know, a million dollars a year in rental income. Uh, hurricane or whatever, typhoon has since come by and destroyed it. And you no longer have that million dollars a month of a uh, million dollars a year of income. That's a qualifying life-changing event. Again, it, it can't simply be because you chose to sell it, even if you didn't choose, even if you were financially hard up and you had to sell it because it was your only source of money. Uh, unfortunately, that would not be a qualifying life-changing event because it was still a, a conscious decision. It wasn't, you know, sort of natural disaster that took that away from you. And the other two of the eight qualifying events is loss of pension income. So if you're getting a pension, for example, and uh, the, the company behind that pension goes belly up and the, and the pension plan collapses. They got no more money and your pension stops. Well, that's another qualifying event to get your IRMA reduced or eliminated. And finally, employer settlement payment. Um, I guess this could be a lot of things, but if you got a one-time payout from your employer, and this isn't bonuses, this isn't deferred compensation, this is, um, I don't even know to be honest, but maybe you had some sort of wrongful termination lawsuit or, or something. I, I don't know. I'm assuming this refers to some sort of legal settlement, not just uh, normal or deferred compensation. So if you got a one-time lumpy payout from an employer settlement and that spiked your income you know, two years back, you can use this form, SSA 44, to get that uh, IRMA reassessed and hopefully, hopefully um, taken away. I, as important as what are the eight qualifying events, I want to also mention what aren't, you know, things that that may commonly put you into Irma territory that unfortunately you're going to be stuck with at least for that year until another year passes and there's another tax return on file that, that they'll go off of. So things that may that may increase your income and put you in Irma territory that are not able to be reassessed or waived are Roth conversions. Hot topic, super hot topic. And, and I'll be talking about it throughout this podcast. That is a conscious, doing a Roth conversion is a conscious decision for you to realize income and taxation thereon of tax deferred monies. You choose to do a $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 Roth conversion. It, it spikes your income, puts you in IRMA. You have to deal with it, unfortunately. You can't, can't get that reassessed. 
I already sort of touched on this one, but same thing with sales of, of property or securities. If, to the extent there's any taxable gain, you know, gross income gain from those sales, uh, that very well may put you into urban territory. You cannot get that waived, like consciously selling a rental property or selling stocks or bonds or mutual funds out of your brokerage account at a taxable gain. That is not a waivable uh, life-changing event. And other gambling winnings, um, now practically speaking, most of you probably aren't reporting gambling winnings, but I think if you get more than $10,000 from uh, a given institution or you know casino or whatever, I believe they have to report that to the IRS, in which case then you have to report it. But you know, you win 20 bucks on a scratch off, chances are you're not reporting it. Uh, and, and that's not going to put you in armor territory anyway. Uh, although I take the comment back. I should have mentioned before, these Irma income bans are, are what's called cliffs. There's no like gradual um, gradual ramping up of these things. If you are $1 over that first Irma bracket of what I say it was, $91,000, I think. If you're one and you're single, if you are $1 over, you are in that Irma bracket and, and you get all of it. You get, you get all 68 bucks a month of Irma in that case. It doesn't phase you in to that $68. It's kind of an all or none thing. So in theory, uh, if you if you get, you know, a, you do get a $20 uh, scratch off ticket gambling winning two years ago, and that $20 coincidentally puts you over that $91,000 limit or, or whatever the relevant limit is, uh, you know, in, in the year we're talking about, then yeah, then that will put you in Irma territory. And no, you, you cannot get that $20 scratch off uh, ticket waived and say that was a one-time thing. So, so just keep that in mind. Now, practically speaking, $20 probably won't move the needle. But if you do have a large, you know, 10000 20000 substantial amount of money, spike in income from whatever it may be, uh, you might be stuck with Irma for that year. Though, again, keep in mind, Irma does automatically recalculate itself every year based on, you know, that new year's tax return. So if you do ha happen to have a, a big jump in income one year because you sold a rental property or a highly appreciated mutual fund in your brokerage account, uh, yes, you're going to have to deal with Irma for a year, but know that it will be gone the following year. So that's it. That, that, that's my uh, Irma thoughts. I have, I have a few final takeaways here. What 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 should you you know? What do I want you to know, or what do I want you to do about this? First, just be aware of it. A lot of people aren't even aware this this Medicare premium surcharge exists. Stepping back even further, some people don't know that Medicare costs anything. Um, believe it or not, there are there are folks who who assume it's a completely free or at least no out of pocket cost at the time. Uh, government program. Far from true. It, it is generally a lot less expensive than having to, you know, if you were to, to have private insurance, but still it, it's it's not free. So anyway, just, just be aware that this, this Irma thing exists because a lot of people don't know about it until they get their uh, end of year uh, premium notice and are taken back at uh, how, how high it is because of this Irma thing. Also know that your income matters starting the year you're, you turn 63. And again, that's because this, these uh, surcharges look back two years. So your 2020 Irma surcharges, if any, are based on your 2020 income. So, so do the math. The year you turn 63, assuming you'll be on Medicare two years later, you need to start paying attention to this stuff. Now, if you know you're going to continue working at your employer past age 65 and your employer will continue to provide you with their subsidized health care and that, that health care uh, is, uh, is qualifying coverage, then yes, you can delay your start of Medicare, in which case um, maybe this age 63 thing doesn't matter, but you would need to start paying attention to your age two years prior to when you plan on retiring, and therefore two years prior to when you plan on starting Medicare. Conversions, as I mentioned, just know that conversions and sales of, you know, taxable sales of, of assets, whether it's rental properties or stocks and bonds, do impact Irma. A lot of people don't know that. 
And so this can sort of hamstring if you have a plan to try to do large Roth conversions in your early 60s to trim down your taxable, oh, I'm sorry, your, your, your tax deferred account balances, and you want to do some some chunky Roth conversions in multiple years, well, this may kind of limit you a little bit, especially starting the year 63, right? Prior to that, you know, go nuts if you want to, but be aware Irma will start to matter uh, when you're 63 and above. Keep in mind also, you may not be able to avoid it. Don't. This isn't the end of the world necessarily. If you're single and let's assume you have a healthy pension from your job and you're going to have Social Security on top of it and you have some random other sprinkling of income, whether it's dividends or bank interest or maybe you have a small rental property that throws off a few thousand bucks, it's quite feasible. You're going to be over the $91,000 of Maggie, you know, if you're single or $182,000 if you're married, perhaps. If you are, you are. You know, you're simply never going to be under that that threshold if if your income's coming from pensions, social security annuities, because once those things are turned on, they don't stop, which is a good problem to have. You know, you have them for the rest of your life, but they may put you into Irma territory that you, you won't be able to get out of. And just final thought, don't let this necessarily stop you. Uh, if with the rest of your financial and tax planning, if if you do have a boatload of tax deferred money and you and or your advisor believe it's in your best interest to um, try to get ahead of that, you know, in your in your early 60s by taking out large distributions or doing large Roth conversions to pay some tax on it now. And those distributions or conversions do potentially put you into Irma territory. Don't necessarily let Irma stop you. This is potentially an example of the tail wagging the dog, which is usually never a good thing, especially that first band of Irma. Granted, no one wants to pay an extra, you know, 70 bucks a month on top of their base Medicare. But for most people, that's not going to break the bank. But when you get up to those higher levels where you're paying three, $400 extra per month in, uh, in premiums, then maybe it starts to matter. So, so keep that in mind. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found this useful. Um, definitely, if you, if you like this, please subscribe. And also, please leave uh, a, a rosy review. Assuming you liked it, a rosy review. The uh, more traction and subscriptions and reviews there are, the, the more this podcast will help get picked up by whatever podcast platform you may be using, whether it's uh, you know Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or uh, Spotify, whatever it may be. So definitely please uh, you know g- give a subscribe, give a review. And if you like this episode and, and the content of my other episodes, you'll definitely be into my Facebook group, Taxes and Retirement, YouTube channel, Retirement Planning Demystified, and newsletter, monthly newsletter, Retirement Planning Insights, which you can find links to all three of these in the show notes. That's that. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. The information discussed in this podcast is only general explanations and education. It is not specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you. Thank you.